Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens. To hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and thank you for joining the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, Mr. David Hall. David is the owner of A Plus Clutter Clearing Services. He has been organizing, decluttering, and designing interior and exterior space for over 15 years. Starting with family and friends in New York and South Florida, he's created an exciting and effective process by arranging possessions that make a noticeable difference in the lives of his clients. He offers clutter and chaos relief with the opportunity to move lives forward in a positive, more purpose-driven way. His experience shows you how to clear the clutter so that you may clear the mind. I love that. He works directly with you and your loved ones in order to get your house in order effectively and with long-lasting results. David, I'm so excited to have you on. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more in depth, tell my podcast guest a little bit more about yourself before we get into the great things you do. Great, Nikki and Nicole. That's one person I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> either one works. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me on uh, Mama Knows Best. It's really an opportunity to reach out to your audience and to explain a little bit about what's going on in the world of decluttering and organizing and uh, feng shui design and things like that. So thank you for that gracious introduction. And welcome to our program. I've been in the organizing and decluttering business for just about 15 years now. And I got, I got started by helping friends and family. Whenever I'd visit, they'd say, hey, do you have a few minutes to take a look at my closet? Yes. <laughs> and, and then for another thing, I would go into the closet and say, do you really need this? How about this? What does this look like? Oh, my God, do you still wear this? And it became a thing where I would uh, visit my friends more regularly and on a frequent basis and um, take a look at what they had and actually help sort out things that no longer serve them. And then I graduated to garages where my sister in New York would always invite me over and say, can you take a look at this garage? I, it's a mess everywhere I look is just stuff. Uh, and by the way, if you do hear a bird chirping in the background, that's not me. That's my bird, Biddy. Um, <laughs> No problem. Can you hear that? Yes, she, I can. She seems to be very vocal right now. So she, she has a very clutter-free cage, very well organized with feng shui principles. So out of a hobby, out of a, a knack for space, space relationships and how things work and how things can go together, I learned to consolidate things. And then a couple of years ago, a friend of mine challenged me, what are you good at in service? Because you're so good at so many things. What would you like to focus on now in your career? I said, I really enjoy clearing clutter and having people get a result that's rewarding. Sure, and, sure. And so that's what happens. So uh, that's basically the evolution. And then A plus is the grade that I like to get from clients once I've done the transformative work uh, on their 
home or office or uh, storage unit. So that's mm -hmm. how we got the name A plus clutter clearing. And instantly I came up with a tagline, clear the clutter, clear the mind. Uh -huh. And it's so important because as one knows who has clutter, even in just one drawer, that drawer represents disarray, chaos, no focus, a lack of integrity, perhaps, confusion. All of these key words lend themselves to us not having a clear mind. So when we clear that clutter, whether it's a draw, a home, a moving operation, uh, a business when we clear that, let's say, the desktop, when we clear it all off, we then have a new slate, a clean slate, and a way from which to begin anew with control, with design, and with the integrity of this is my space. I'm in control. <laughs> you know, my kid always says, you're not, in, you're not in, in control of me. And it's like, this is how some people live their, their lives with their homes filled with clutter going, I don't know what I can do. I am at odds with my environment. So mm -hmm. that's, what I, that's what I get the 911 call, either from a family member or from the client prospect themselves, where they say, I don't know what I'm doing anymore and I need some help from the outside world. So that's nice. Awesome. Now, what was your career before you dived into clearing the clutter and clearing the mind? Like, what is your background in? Sure. Well, funny enough, I was realizing the other day that back in high school, they gave aptitude tests for what you can be when you grow up. Mm -hmm. And my first, the first thing that came out of hundreds of questions was interior designer. Mm. And back in the 70s, now I'm showing my age, back in the 70s, when I was in, in high school, I go, I don't really think I want to be an interior designer. I mean, I like interiors. I like the art form of design. And here I am 35 plus or so years later, and I'm really doing interior design with an emphasis on clearing clutter. So uh -huh. it's kind of interesting how, how I guess that, that test worked back in the 70s. Yes, my, for sure. My, high, my college uh, degree was in technical theater. Technical theater distinguishes itself from acting. So I was doing lighting design, which was my forte and working behind the scenes in, in, the, in the theater department up in Binghamton University, SUNY Binghamton. And, mm -hmm. and then mirac miraculously and magically, I went for a, a junior year abroad and I studied in Israel for six months, had the time of my life, oh. studied, had so much fun and such purpose that I wrote to my department chair back in Binghamton and I said, you know, David Hall here having six months in Israel, I think I should go on to England where, of course, that's the center and the start of theater. And somehow I created an independent study, very proud of this, created a program that the department chair said, thank you, you are accepted in a program that you created. And so I had six months of unbelievable joy, fun of running my own college program, having a job, making, making my own schedule, and getting college credit at the same time, and seeing theater four or five nights a week, writing uh, reviews and things like that to get college credit. Fast forward, I had so much fun traveling that when I graduated with a theater degree, I go, what am I doing? I'm going into the theater business? No, I think I'll go into the travel business. None of this has anything to do with clutter clearing, but it does give you a little bit of my background. So I worked for the airlines for three years and then traveling for next to nothing all around the world. Uh, great benefit. But I found, I found that I wanted to move to California, move to Berkeley and uh, proceeded to 
do wild things in California, Northern California, some of which highlights. I worked at the Sharper Image headquarters back in the 1980s, and that was a lot of fun, picking and choosing games, gadgets, and gizmos for the marketplace. And I also, because of California being this place of creativity, decided mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to get a Guinness Book of World Record under my belt, and that's exactly what I did. So the 1980s, I set a record that no one had set before. So I was the inaugural record. And it was, it's, it's actually on YouTube. Again, nothing to do with clutter clearing, but you get more than just an organizer with me, I suppose. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, what did I do that got me in the yes. of the records? Yes. So I decided I can whistle, inhale and exhale. So I can inhale and exhale whistle. So I thought, oh, I really love whistling. And it goes with my joyful, happy Pied Piper personality, I guess you could say. So I ended up whistling longer than anybody else on the planet Earth at the time and wrote to a couple of TV stations. And believe it or not, they had me on television setting the record the day before and the actual day of with the editor-in-chief of the Guinness Book of World Records, long before emails and texting and instant everything. But it's on YouTube under Harpo, The Happy Whistler. Oh, so. <laughs> that's awesome. I love to hear about people's journey, but you also said that you're a father. Yes. So don't yes. buy, so how do you have one, you know, how many children do you have? What are the ages? Hang on. I, I know the answer to this one. Let me check my notes. No, just kidding. So I have a, a millennial kid. His name is Jackson and he was born in the year 2000. So whatever year we're in, that's how old he is. So he's oh, 21 years old. Wow. And that's your only one. That's my, my, yes, I, as I like to say, I squeezed out one child. <laughs> Wasn't me exactly, but I was there in the room taking videos. So it's almost awesome. the same. <laughs> awesome. So I want to just pivot a little bit. And I know this was not on our outline, but what has fatherhood, what has the journey of fatherhood been like for you? I know I talked to a lot of moms, but, oh, sure. I, you know, what has been your, your fatherhood journey before we go into like some of the programs and or the programs and services that you offer? And, you know, we'll go back into the clutter at, and clear your mind, because I am fascinated with that and the feng, feng shui of it all. But yes, please tell me about your fatherhood journey. Absolutely. So I'm delighted to be a father. Um, I think my DNA is that I've been a camp counselor and a little league baseball coach <laughs> and the den father, if that's what they call them, and Cub Scouts and things. So I, I am a very involved dad. And I just marvel at the mir- miraculousness of birthing a child just based on, you know, having love and having that desire. And then nine months later, a child comes out. This is like unbelievable. (laughs) And from that moment on, that was the happiest day of my life for sure with my son on June 5th. He's a Gemini. And, you know, each and every aspect of being a father is just admiration. I'm learning as much, if not more than he is. He's there in respect and love of me. I'm here in respect and love of him. And we're very close to this day, though his mom and I got uh, divorced several years ago, we're in each other's face and in each other's hearts nonstop. And I'm just blessed, blessed by the creation of my son and by his accomplishments. And that's awesome. There's there's nothing greater on earth than than having that experience of being a parent and uh, being engaged with your, your child's education upbringing. 
for sure and helping another human being grow i think it's it is one of the one of the beautiful aspects of parenthood there was a quote that i'm paraphrasing that one of my guests said in relation to you know there's nothing basically as powerful as being responsible you know for another human being you know and you know- it's it's so true, and I just want to jump in with one one of the critical things. When I say critical, it's not it's not critical. It's just a creative thing. Mm-hmm. Naming, naming your child. Yes. When we name a child, it's one of those acts of parenthood that you probably do before the baby has come out in the world, and yes. it's going to be with them for the rest of their life. So don't blow it, folks. <laughs> you know what are you going to name your kid, and how that's going to reflect on who they are as their identity. It's one of the most creative things we, we do besides molding minds and having them grow up to be, you know, healthy and everything else. It's so true. It's their first introduction to people. And what's your name? Oh, where did you, you know, where? So absolutely. And I love stories behind, you know, names. If there is a story and how things come to be, because yes, I think as a parent, especially when you do find out, that's the first thing you think of, right? Baby names. And they have all these baby name lists for 2021 and all of that. Okay, so why don't we we tap into A plus clutter? What are some of the programs and services you offer? And then what are some of the things you have seen over the years that people just cannot get rid of? Well, first of all, I've come up with a couple of programs and a couple of design concepts so that I can really leverage what I do and bring in science into the art of decluttering. And it is an art and a science combination. So the first thing I realized is we all suffer from a malady, and that malady is called TMS, T like Tom, M like Mary, S like Sam. TMS really stands for too much stuff, and we all have it. We all have too much stuff, and the fact that there is such a popularity of storage units, buildings, these incredible amounts of buildings that are really just cubby holes that we pay money, good money for, to store our stuff because we can't even store it in our garage. We don't have basements in Florida. The attics are unusable and the closets are tiny. But what do we do? We'll spend $250 a month, not even to visit our stuff, just to have it sit somewhere in an air-conditioned box. So, you know, when you scratch your head and you go, what am I doing? Why do I have this? And, you know, there's exceptions to the rules. People have inheritance. People move from up north to down south, and they have a lot of extra furniture. But the point is, people spend on average of $88 a month. One out of 10 people has a storage unit, and they keep it for well over a year, way longer than they first anticipated. So if there's a message to our uh, audience, one of those messages is, if you do have a storage unit, consider what's in it. Consider the last time you looked at it. And consider getting rid of that bill once and for all. It's weighing down on you, even though you may not know it directly. So TMS is too much stuff. And then I invented something called the smart system. This is how we declutter. First, I'll just tell you some of the services I do. So I do space transformation with a feng shui flair. I come in and I consult and I design. And we talk about what we can do in the home that works better. I also do packing and unpacking packing people up so that they're not taking all of that extra stuff with them to their new beautiful home and then unpack them so they can actually have a design concept so it's not that daunting and overwhelming. I also help seniors downsize, a very big market in South Florida. A lot of people are moving to Florida and getting a place that's half the size that they once had up north in New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut. They're like, what in the world am I going to do with all this stuff? 
this many dishes, <laughs> that many platters, how much serving ware, furniture out the wazoo that doesn't even match a Florida landscape or design interior. So I work with the client in that case, and we downsize, we downsize so that they realize I can still breathe and I can still live and I can still have all of the luxury, but in a smaller space. And so people really enjoy that. And then my general job is to organize and repurpose and consolidate to take what you have and put it in a better space so you can see everything in the pantry, for instance, in the kitchen, or repurpose a bathroom so that if you have five shampoos, because you didn't see that you already had four before you bought the fifth, <laughs> that's an issue. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the other things that's very popular and very necessary is I archive paperwork and photos. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's really important for, for everybody is their sentimental things. And Marie Kondo goes through this and has made uh, you know, an overnight success of what the world of decluttering and organizing is. So I thank Marie Kondo, hats off archiving sentimental things. What do we do with those boxes and boxes and file folders and envelopes of old photos? What do we do with them? Well, mm-hmm. stay tuned and we'll, t- we'll let you know either in this podcast or another episode, but it is daunting. It's daunting to go through a lifetime's worth of memories and to maybe do it under a fixed period of time. Like some people have to move in a month and they want to go through all these pictures. I might suggest let's pack them all up and go through them in the new house but it all, all really depends on the, the need of the client. And then paperwork, holy camoly. There is something in this world called keeping paper because we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> These are two very important points. There's two things that generate paper and two things that generate clutter. So these are the, the two commandments. The first <laughs> is procrastination. We get the mail. We get the newspaper magazines, we get the, 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 the business cards from a networking event, and we procrastinate. We put it in a pile, and then we leave it there. Why? Because we just don't know what really to do with it, or we don't have the time, or we tell ourselves we don't have the time. So procrastination is a key to overcome your clutter. The second key cornerstone is indecision. I'm now going to take that pile of mail, those business cards, but now I don't know what to do with them. I'll just put that pile back where it was on the desk or (laughs) I won't fold the laundry. I'll wait till my husband does it next week or the kids never clean up their bedroom and I don't have the energy to go in there and do it for them again. So between indecision and procrastination, this leads to a cluttered life and therefore a cluttered mind. So I devised a SMART system and the SMART system is an acronym for S-M-A-R-T. With your permission, I go through what that yes, stands for. Yes, please. So S stands for start simply and simply start. So by taking on one drawer in a bedroom or one shelf in a bathroom or one portion of a closet, that's going to help you get success under your belt. When you say, I have the whole house to do, how am I going to do this all? And the parents are coming next week and I got a big party. And how am I going to get the house cleaned up? Well, that creates chaos in your mind. A daunting task overwhelms us. So we need to start small and simple. So I recommend, you know, everybody has one of those junk drawers in the kitchen. I say it's okay to have a junk drawer, but one junk drawer, not 40 junk drawers. S stands for start simply and simply start. Take action. M for smart stands for mindset. The mindset is so important. So what I recommend is 
put on some music, dance around the house, maybe get your favorite beverage, could be a hot beverage, could be a, a alcoholic beverage, could be just something that makes you feel good. Fill yourself up with goodness before you take on your clutter project. And mindset also is wear comfortable clothes. Don't mm. wear high heels when you're doing clutter clearing. It's not recommended. <laughs> so that's S and M, so to speak. And A is action. Take action. At some point, get out a garbage bag, get out another bag for donation items or discard items. So you just getting rid of it. It no longer serves. It's a rag. It's a piece of paper. It's a straw wrapper. It's an old toothpick, even though it has initials of some famous person like Elvis. You may not want that anymore. Or if it does have Elvis's signature, then let me know and I'll, let me see if I can get you top dollar for it. A stands for action. You've got to start somewhere. So start simply, get the right mindset and music going, take action. And then R for the smart system, R stands for reuse, repurpose, recycle. When you're in a closet, you see all these clothes, chances are you haven't seen the clothes in the back. Why? Because you can't get to them. It's very simple. If I can't get into my closet because I just have so much or TMS, too much stuff, then it's really important to take a look at that back part of the closet and decide, I could repurpose this. Oh, mm -hmm. this long outfit I never wore. Well, I'm going to turn it into fabric and give it to my child. Or donate it to Haiti, who just had another massive earthquake. You know, what we have and what we've gathered over time, we're just not really appreciating. And we know that. But what to do about it? Donate it to Haiti. Donate mm -hmm. it to a YMCA. Give it to a shelter for moms that just don't have anything or are down on their luck. And, you know, the Goodwills, the Habitats for Humanities, the Avdas, I work very closely with them because every client I have, guess what? They, they have, have too much stuff. TMS. <laughs> and I just take out bundles and bundles of garbage bags of old clothes and bric-a-brac and shoes. Let me tell you, there's a lot of shoes to be had out there, ladies. And I know you all have enough shoes, but you can't get enough. So you have to get more. So we'll talk about, you know, tricks of the trade and how we can make more space where there isn't any. And finally, out of the SMART acronym, T. T stands for, you ready? Yes. Transformation. Transformation. <laughs> this is what brings me back every day to do more clutter clearing for folks. Transformation really happens when we take control over our environment. The pandemic has been a great example of being at home, being surrounded by stuff, not necessarily in the beginning anyway, having to go anywhere. And even if you wanted to go somewhere, you were sort of limited in doing that. So laundry built up, home office space built up where people said the businesses are no longer inviting corporate employees back to the office. You now have to have a home office environment. So I helped create for several people a home office that works for eight hours a day as opposed to once a month doing the bills. Transformation happens to each client, whether they're doing their pocketbook or purse, they're clearing out their car or they're taking on their whole entire home. They're feeling lighter because they've lifted the burden of unnecessary clutter in their visual uh, area, meaning they're seeing it, and in their space relations, they're touching it. I'll tell you several stories, but just let me know when we're out of time. Um, <laughs> early on, I was introduced to a, a, a wonderful woman, married, four children. She had a job, her husband had a job, and she had four children all under the age of 10. So one of the first things I do when I engage a client after we've talked on the phone initially is to come by the house and take a look. This is pre-COVID, by the way. 
take a look at the house, get an idea from body language, from the way that the person's speaking and to the chagrin, embarrassment, and otherwise disbelief that they're bringing in a professional organizer to clear their stuff. Because most mm-hmm. people are in denial, like, ah, I don't need that. But even <laughs> Tiger Woods, the best golfer, arguably, needs to coach. So I come in as a coach. I come in as a catalyst. And as a New York personality style, I come in with a lot of speed and efficiency and the gift of gab. <laughs> so I came into this client's home. We looked around. We looked into the garage. That was a mess. We looked into every room in the home. When I say a mess, I mean it with love. But everything's everywhere and nothing's in its place. Well, then we went into the master bedroom. And there's a picture on my website, aplusclutterclearing.com, where I show a before and after. We went into the master bedroom, and I always work anonymously, so nobody knows who I'm talking about. I looked into the master bedroom, and I saw a bed frame. I saw the headboard, and I saw the footboard, and then I saw a mountain, a mountain (laughs) of clothing. And I said to her, excuse me, is this you and your husband's bed? And she said, well, yes, it is. And I said, did you notice anything that's on the bed? And she said, you mean the mountain of clothes? How could I miss it? I said, exactly. (laughs) I said, how is it you had four children with all these clothes on your bed? And I said, where does he sleep? She said, well, he gets into bed and he shoves the pile over. And I said, where do you sleep? And she goes, well, I get into bed after him, turn off the light and I get in the other side and and shift the pile of clothes in the middle. I said, holy cow, what a lifestyle. And with four kids under the age of 10, this pile wasn't getting any, any smaller. I said, well, how would you like it? Since that doesn't sound so great, doesn't sound like the optimal relationship, but you know, they figured it out. I said, let's get the kids in here. Let's get the kids involved. And this is a true story. I got the kids with mom's permission. Dad was uh, out of work. And I got the kids and I made up a game on the spot, which I'm, I'm good at doing, spontaneous game playing to help clear the clutter. And I said to the kids, who wants to play a game? They all said, I do, I do. I said, everybody on on the bed. And everybody loved it because now the bed, which was off limits with a pile of clothes for who knows how many months, was now a game playing area. Mm. So I said, each kid, when I count to three, don't go yet. But when I count to three, you're going to grab your clothes and we're going to designate a corner of this room where you're going to throw your clothes as hard as you can into the corner. Everybody (laughs) understand? Everybody understood. So I count to three. Each kid has their corner. Mom's standing there in disbelief what's going to happen. And in two minutes, I start doing, I don't know, the song that makes you hurry up. And as two minutes goes by, each kid is fast as furious, throwing their stuff into their corner of the room. The bed is empty in a minute 30. I said, look, mom, your bed is clear. Now you and your husband might have a different sleeping process tonight. And I told each kid, each kid, you did great. Pick up your pile of clothes and bring it into your room. The clothes were clean, by the way, I should say that. So in a minute and a half, we transformed and had mom feel a little bit better about her bed. We made the bed. We cleared off every countertop. The kids were happy because now they had clothes that they could jump in in their own room. We won't go into that because that was another visit at the house doing each kid's room. But (laughs) making pleasure out of what otherwise is, is, is a drudgery is what I specialize in. So I've never met a project that was not possible to clear out. It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of taking the smart steps to getting there. 
And that's one example. I love that story on many different aspects. Number one, because it does resonate even more so with my guests, because I'm sure every single mother who is listening to this knows about the never ending laundry basket. I have a chair in my room that I throw stuff on. My husband throws stuff on. Sometimes I have my ironing board. Like I, we just have clothes. And I love how you incorporated the children, because I think a lot of times mothers, especially were like, no, we'll take care of it. When it's like, no, have your children jump in, put their clothes in their room. Now, of course, the next step would be to have them put their clothes away, but at least it's out of their room and and out from there. So I love that story because it's very, very relatable because I'm on your website. You have a video here where you have tip number one, have your bedroom as a sanctuary. Tip two, keep the seat cover and tip three, clear the kitchen. Why don't you go a little bit into that? Sure, sure. Well, a while ago, I was a member of a networking group with roosters. They were called the roosters in Delray Beach, Florida. And uh, we did a little interview about every room in the home. And what was the first one? Was it the kitchen? Yes. Okay. So the kitchen is the heart of the home. When we have our kitchen working and flowing and our cabinets working and flowing and the dishes in the right place and the Tupperware is matching the lids. And if it's not Tupperware brand and it's another storage (laughs) lid, you know, we all have that joke of the storage lids don't match. Mm-hmm. But we don't throw them out because just in case, that's another chapter in my future book, J-I-C, just in case. This <laughs> is why we clear, keep the clutter. Just in case the bottom of that lid that's never matched in five years shows up one day in the laundry room, I'm going to have the lid. And so by that reason alone, I'm going to have extra lids all over the, the cabinet space. So I make jokes about it because we all do it and it's something we can relate to. But Having the kitchen as the the heart of the home, when we can find things when we need it, when the kitchen uh, sink is empty, and by the way, one of my top 10 tips is to always, always have that kitchen sink empty at the end of the day. Oh, yes. That's my go-to. I have to. I have to. It can be brutal. It can be brutal, especially if you had a late night or a headache or a deadline or one kid's sick or who knows. There's always circumstances, aren't there? Mm. But if we can get one or the other, you know, meaning uh, husband, wife, combo for the kids to get those dishes out of the sink. You start the new day with a clear head instead of last night's agony of, oh no, I've got all this pasta and and, and (laughs) sauce that's not coming out. You know, so it seems, it seems simple enough, but how many of us actually go to bed and the sink is filled and we know exactly how this feels in the morning, not something to look forward to. So by clearing the slate in the kitchen or in any room in the house, this is very, very important. So one of the key aspects of of kitchen clarity is to have minimal things on the countertops. You paid a lot of money to have that granite, marble, customized everything. Let's show it off. And even though we want to have our blenders and our juicers and our Cuisinarts and our other things that are readily available, let's be judicious about it. If you're not using a toaster oven every day, See if you can put it down somewhere because they're usually kind of gunky and funky. If you are using your juicer every day, celebrate it. Have it right there on the counter, right in the island, and uh, have it clean as a whistle and ready to go for your next super drink. Also, how much (laughs) service wear do we need? So in my home, there's two of us and then there's kids. Do we really need a service for 20? We're not entertaining anymore like we used to. I don't know if anybody's noticed that, but just in case we might have a service of 2024. But you don't necessarily need that all in the main kitchen. If there's only two of you, like there is in our household, have a service of six, maybe 12. 
but not necessarily 24. TMS again, too much stuff. Same with flatware, same with every bowl and serving platter. It's funny when my girlfriend and I moved in together, you know what happens? You consolidate and you bring in each other's stuff into one household. So you end up with either double the stuff or you decide which one wins the contest, the uh, fashion show for the best platter. And to this day, we still have the ongoing project of getting rid of a few more platters. And then you have birthdays and anniversaries and more stuff comes into the house. No wonder people have storage units. The other thing about a kitchen is what is that space in a kitchen that's always plugged into the wall? A blender. Okay, it's bigger than that and it's a box. Toaster oven? Well, you said that already. Bigger than that. It's the refrigerator. Our refrigerator is an appliance that's plugged in 24-7. It's plugged in because it serves such a valuable purpose of keeping our items cool, cold, and lasting longer. And that's a space where you get to spend some time organizing as well. And it's a a constant battle. I mean, you go shopping. If you go shopping once a day or twice a week or once a week, as you bring new things in and as you finish old things out, you get to rearrange everything. So on my website, Nikki, is uh, a few videos of What's inside your refrigerator? I Mm. haven't done it in a while, but it sure is a lot of fun. Spontaneously, I go into a refrigerator with permission of the owner, and we decide that your refrigerator is indicative of how you organize the rest of your house. (laughs) If it's super organized or it's empty, that's one conversation. Or if it's got condiments with gunky lids that don't match, that's another look. So take a look. This is a, a request assignment for everybody. Take a look at your refrigerator. Take a look at the inside, take a look at the fruit bin, take a look at the freezer area. And then when you're done with all that, get rid of the stuff that no longer serves you. And also take a look at the outside. Nowadays, stainless steel is a big appliance look. So magnets don't stick on the front of Mm -hmm. those kinds of refrigerators, but the sides, the magnets do stick. And like I said earlier at the beginning of our, our interview, I love my kid. I want their artwork to be front and center, their schoolwork to be front and center, but there's a limit. How much stuff? If you've got a magnet that's holding five layers of artwork, (laughs) there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong with the artwork. It's just you need a bigger platform in which to display it. Some people put a string up with clothespins and make a nice thing. I think it's very important to display the work of your children. So don't get me wrong. And when your side of your refrigerator looks like a cluster, you know what, then it's not really serving the kid's identity of, look at a great rainbow picture I made, mommy, daddy. So take a look at your refrigerator as one appliance. Take a look at your cabinets. Take a look at your stove. Some people, and I have to tell you, I deal with clients from the hoarder level all the way to fastidious, but they just need help with one room. A lot of people put things in their, in their oven, like paper towels, like toilet paper, like Costco sodas and extra things. I'm like, wow, how do you, how do you cook? Well, I don't use the (laughs) oven. I said, no kidding. So that's another issue. Costco. If you're, if you're a homeowner uh, with two people and two kids, maybe you don't need the gigantic size toilet paper that will run you the rest of your life. And again, I understand with COVID fears, we all ran into the toilet paper just in case, just in case. So The kitchen is a place to clear the counters, clear the sink, do the dishwasher, and make sure your refrigerator is a a great example of how you want to live your life in terms of clarity and organization. 
And what about bedroom as a sanctuary? That's a good one. Of, uh, that's a good one. So thank you for that. The bedroom as a sanctuary. A lot of bedrooms I come into have TMS, too much stuff. Because why? Well, we went on a trip to Bali and we wanted to bring back that sculpture, that painting, that bric-a-brac, that wall hanging. It's okay to have things. It's okay to have personality in your bedroom. And my suggestion is the bedroom is a place of calm. So with regard to color, wall, you know, wallpaper design, floor design, the bed itself and where it's situated in the room, all should lend itself to peace of mind. You know, we all kind of recognize that we spend almost 50% of our lives in that room, either sleeping or in activity. Mm -hmm. Let that activity be one of love, romance, serenity, and calm. And Generally, every home I'm in, you know, people say, oh, I shouldn't have the TV in the bedroom. And that's a nice idea. And it's great to put it behind something so it doesn't always show the screen. But let's face it, sometimes it's fun to have a movie night and popcorn and watch a movie in bed. That's, that's certainly your choice. But be mindful that we should not have too many books in the bedroom. So here's the helpful hint. Remove the books that are just being stored. If both of you or either of you are reading your latest book or your latest two books or magazines, that's fine on the nightstand. And books don't get stored in the bedroom. Why? Because books represent knowledge. Mm. Books represent knowledge and knowledge comes through the brain. And what we want to emphasize in the bedroom is the heart. So things that generate love, warmth, understanding, good communication, fellowship, and just hot and heavy romance. That's what the bedroom's for. So the books have a place, but not there. That's it. That's it about the bedroom. Love it. And then lastly, keep the seat cover. So in Feng Shui, when you have a toilet seat up, it's believed in Feng Shui that your finances go down the drain. Mm. So quite simply, close the seat cover in your home. And I've been very well trained as a man standing up to go to the bathroom to close the seat cover so that my lady love doesn't have an oops experience. (laughs) It's such a great payoff, guys, that it's worth doing. (laughs) And if you find that finances are are a challenge or in the last two weeks, something went south uh, financially, take a look at your seat covers. Are they up and open or are they closed? Close them down based on Chinese principles of Feng Shui. Close that seat cover so you don't have your finances go down the drain. Mm, I love that. It's funny because I, I do it, but I'm more of because there's so many stories about <laughs> little rodents and things caused. So I'm always closing our toilet seat, but I love that. Once you decided that this is what you wanted to do, and thank you for those tips because it's given me definitely a lot to think about. So thank you for those tips. But once you decided that this is what you wanted to do, what research did you dive into, if any, to really get into the brain or psychological aspect of all of this? The background that I've done, there's definitely in-field study. You know, each client teaches me something, teaches me how I behave, how I come through so that they build a trust. But I also do a lot of reading. Any book and every book on clutter, clearing clutter, and I'm a, a future author myself, 
And Marie Kondo's certainly been an inspiration in her Netflix show and the Hoarders TV show. There's so many shows. There's too many shows now about clutter and storage wars and things like that. But I do, I'm an avid reader. So every and any book that comes out on clutter, I take a look at. And believe it or not, most of my clients have a book about clutter. Why? Because they got overwhelmed. They thought, <laughs> I know, I'll buy, I'll buy a book, I'll read the book, and I'll just store that book somewhere and forget uh-huh. about it. Life. So people do make an attempt at, at clearing the clutter on their own. Also, Google alerts. I every day have a Google alert about decluttering and home organization. And uh, I'm also a member of NAPO. Believe it or not, there's a union for uh, organizers. And they also have a, a huge library and interaction where you can ask your coworkers, hey, I've got this closet that's triangular. How do I get all these clothes in it? That's called NAPO, National Association of Professional Organizers. And when I heard about it, I said, what? Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> so this is a real industry. And it behooves me, or I should say it is my honor and my privilege to be as uh, sharp of new techniques and new talent. I have a relationship with the container store, for example, in Bed Bath and Beyond to know what's out there for tools to help people clear the clutter. And those Google alerts every day, there's always four or five articles and from around the world and videos associated with it. So there's more than enough ample information for me to gather. I also do a monthly column. So I am the source for information on clutter clearing experiences. And it's a, it's a newspaper called the Happy Herald. It's online, happyherald.com. And it's also uh, available at many uh, shopping stores like uh, Whole Foods and I think Fresh Market. And I'm the monthly columnist. I'm, you know, helpful hints from Heloise. Only I'm, uh, I'm David Hall, the, you know, Dr. Declutter. And I take on a space or I take on a mindset. I think what, what distinguishes me, Nikki, from so many others is I really bring in the importance of the psychological uplift that occurs so that everybody benefits from decluttering. Not only do you have a shiny brand new home that works to your advantage, to your family's benefit, it makes you feel good to come home every day because the home is your sanctuary. I emphasize the feng shui concepts, meaning flow and energy within a home. You don't want sharp objects pointing at you when you first walk in the front door, things like that. We want to have living products. How many of us have, dare I say, what do you call them? Silk flowers. Oh, (laughs) yes, that's the old school. Or fake plants. The truth is they don't die. You don't have to water them. And they also don't put in oxygen into the air. Real plants, real flowers, guess what? They supply life source energy. I make it my business to have fresh flowers in the house. A lot of gardening. I'm a big avid gardener. So if anybody has feng shui outside the home, I can do gardening and landscaping. I love it. Or have a water feature in your home or a fish tank or animals. Anything that brings life and harmony into the home is beneficial. Musical instruments, having music on and television off. All these ideas lend themselves to having an enriched lifestyle for your family and for yourself. I love that. And do you partner also with interior designers? So once we determine this is what needs to go and this is what needs to be rearranged and other than saying, okay, we're going to get rid of this. Do you actually come in and actually help get rid of the stuff? Are you there working, getting rid of it? Or do you help devise the plan? 
well, you know, the future is that I'm a consultant and I'll have everybody else do the heavy lifting. Oh. <laughs> yes. Like I say, I learn on the job. So it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to roll up my sleeves and get dirty and get into the, the, the stuff. To answer your question with interior designers, I partner with them all the time. I also partner with real estate agents that need the house emptied out and or staged. Right now, the real estate market's so hot, anything will sell. But in the olden days, you had to stage a house for its best look and impact. So I work with a lot of realtors and a lot of baby boomers. Just this past week, I emptied out a home. The home had TMS, no surprise. And the kids came in from New York. They took the jewelry. They took the artwork. They, they identified what stays, what goes. And then it's up to me to empty out the house. So mm. I emptied out the house. I brought in my helpers to lift and load and get things out to the street. We had probably 40 garbage bags full of TMS. And then we had furniture on top of it that the Goodwill and Habitat for Humanity folks, they're, they're getting very picky these days. And to their point, everybody's getting rid of stuff. More and more people are downsizing. Every day people are moving to Florida. So Goodwill, Habitat for Humanity, Avda, all these places that resell things, they're, they're inundated. So they told me, we don't like this furniture. It's too old. I'm like, I'm so sorry to hear that. So I called up my junkyard guy and he filled up two trucks worth of stuff, hauled it off to the dump. And, you know, that's the way we do it, whatever it takes. I also have two clients right now that are steady every Friday for half a day. And I recommend working in three hour blocks of time at minimum because it takes a little time to get going. And then that second hour, you really got momentum. And why stop there? The third hour, keep going. Some people physically, literally, Nikki, get exhausted because they're they're releasing so much stuff. It's not the physical burden. It's the mental anguish of, I'm getting rid of Uncle Harry's fine tooth comb or, oh my gosh, that photo frame means so much to me. Yes, but the glass is cracked and the picture is glued to the glass. We may have to make a big decision here. I'm a catalyst for removing items. It has to be a win-win. It has to be that the client wants or agrees to get rid of things. I never, ever get rid of things behind people's back. And I never get rid of something that the client says, no, I want that. I might come back to it and say, you know, now that we've 20 uh, wooden spoons in the kitchen, 20, maybe we can get rid of five. And then the client realizes the the unrealisticness of having 20 spoons. So it happens a lot. So my my steady Friday clients, in the morning, the client has so much mail she is such a, a benefactor. She donates to all the animal companies, all of the school companies for kids, uh, lower income children on reservations. She helps out just so many different charities with donations that her mailbox has 50 to 60 pieces of mail in it every day. So I told her, I said, you know, you're creating your own clutter. She goes, tell me about it. So I help her go through her mail. It gives her peace of mind like you have no idea. Wow. It's simple and I know how to do it well. And she knows conceptually how to do it, but she's just overwhelmed and inundated. So I do her mail amongst other things on Friday. And then the other client had a little bit of a retail therapy overload and created a house filled with purchased things still in the original boxes. The daughter brought me in. And again, she didn't really know what is this clutter guy going to do? You know, throw everything out. How are you going to do it? Every room in the home was filled. And to this day, I take 20 to 30 bags of donated items 
And just so happens my next door neighbor donates to families in the Dominican Republic. So there's a real fit of clearing clutter and making a donation, not only to the goodwills of the world, but actually to families for free that can benefit from TMS. Shoes, hangers, clothing, how many vacuum cleaners, <laughs> how many different shoe storage devices? Because again, this person's so overwhelmed that I'm going back week after week, every Friday for three to four hours, clearing the clutter. And guess what? Her life is better. Her relationship with her daughters is better. She can now see the floor in most rooms in the home. And we're benefiting society because we're taking things that are otherwise not being used and not being appreciated and putting them to good use for someone else. And like I say, I keep repeating, that's, that's the real love. It's helping the person get organized and under control. And there's a cause and effect benefit that others benefit from all this extra stuff that we've accumulated. So it's so, it's so rewarding. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, and, and again, I'll use my story and you see how people get attached to things and how things become so personal, right? When they're just things. And then it's unfortunate when we saw on the flip side, when you do pass, then your family is stuck with just that. They're just things because they don't have the same sentimental ties that you had when you had all this stuff. So it was a big eye opener for me. But anyway, why don't we go into what you do. So now you've talked about all the services for A plus clutter and all the great things and how you impact your clients, the services you provide. But why don't we go talk a little bit about David? So what do you do to relax and unwind for the day? So I love yoga. Mm. Number one, yoga is so beneficial for so many reasons. And I'm, I hope a lot of your listeners enjoy a yoga practice as well. I work with Leslie Glickman of Yoga Journey in Boca. So shout out to Leslie. Every first of the year, she has 1,500 people at Meisner Park doing yoga together to bring in the new year, just as an example. Several years ago, I went to Bali for a two-week yoga experience. And boy, was that memorable. 18 women and myself. That's a story for another day. But it was relaxing. So for, for me to relax, two things. Love yoga. I love deep breathing and cleansing. I love to eat well, and I think eating is the medicine of the gods. So I'm a vegetarian for over 15 years. So I don't think it's relaxing necessarily, but it certainly <laughs> does ease my health. I love donating blood. Once every two months, I go to the red bus, and I love filling out the form that says, what medications are you on? And I say none, and I love that. So uh, I hope to continue by eating well. And in terms of exercise, I play with the remote control on the television. It's very <laughs> And I I did mention earlier, I love gardening. I love gardening. So getting out there, getting in the dirt. I'm a tourist, so I love playing with the earth. And I I recently did some clutter clearing for a very affluent home in Boca. And I said, what are you doing with that uh, garden area in the front? They go, well, everything we plant dies. I said, you know, there's the aspect of adding water to things that you plant. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, we never get around to it. So I'm now managing their garden outside of the house, as well as the clutter inside the house. So I love gardening, love walking and bike riding. I love sleeping too. I'm one of those, I don't know, like an indigenous person. I wake up to the annoyance of so many, not so many, but my girlfriend, I wake up in the morning and I've got get up and go. And it's annoying because some people wake up a little bit slower than that. 
but mm. I am ready to hit the ground running and take on the world. I go for a one hour walk and I have a cat named Carl and Carl walks with me. No leash, no collar. And he heals and he comes with me and he jumps around and I say, come on, Carl. So we walk <laughs> around the neighborhood. He's the, he's the big pride of the neighborhood. And for that one hour, it grounds me. That's so I awesome. start out the day either with yoga or a good, healthy walk. Yeah, I, I've realized, you know, it's not really about the full on exercise, right? It's when we say exercise, meaning the commercialized, you have a fitness membership or you're going to a gym. I think as long as you're doing something, whether it's a walk or getting your body active or doing something that pleases you to calm you, I think is so important and is really the basis of everything, right? It's just doing something. So that's awesome that you incorporate so many different things. Okay, we'll do a quick get to know. What is your favorite book? My favorite book. That's a good question. My favorite book, other than flower and gardening books and feng shui reading, I recently read a book a friend of mine authored called High Tide on Main Street, written by John Englander. It's all about the global warming problem of sea level rise. And folks, we all live in a very flat sea level state. So sure do. Uh, that ocean view is going to creep up on us in the next 20 to 30 years in a way that will just change the landscape literally and figuratively. So yeah. high tide on Main Street, I recommend it. And it's all the science and it's spoken in such a, 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 a common, easy to understand way that I recommend it. Love it. Favorite organizational hack. I like the smart method, which is. Uh, yes, I love it. Yes. The, the best hack is to start simply because if we don't, nothing of the other stuff's going to get done. So sure. give yourself a break, put on some nice clothes, nice music, and just start with a little corner of one, one area, like the laundry room, let's say. Mm-hmm. Love it. What is your favorite item in your home? Besides the love of my life and my animals, I would say I have a, a beautiful sculpture of the globe earth and it's mm-hmm. made out of fused glass. And it's beautiful. It's artwork hand signed by the artist and it glows practically in the dark. It's beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? You know, that's a great question too. I love travel. If there's one thing I would love to do post-retirement when I sell A-plus clutter clearing, I, I would love to continue traveling the world. The idea of different languages, different food. One of the places that I really love, a hot spot, is Big Sur, California. And it's the home of Esalen Institute. And it is this sanctuary workshop built into a mountain with the most beautiful redwood trees mm. adjacent and on the cliff touching the the Pacific Ocean, and you can take a hot tub in Indian spring water with minerals as you hear the waves crashing. And it's open 24 hours a day. So at four in the morning, you can have a religious experience of hot tubbing in mineral waters with the ocean crashing into the cliff below. I got to say, that's a hot spot. Everybody should go. Not all at the same time, mind you, but go to (laughs) Big, Big Sur, California. It's near Monterey, just two hours south of San Francisco. Love it. And any final thoughts to the podcast world? I would like to say to all of you out there, clear the clutter in your own life and you will clear your mind. Consider me as your advocate, your catalyst and a a family friend if you should need services outside of your own domain. I wish you all well. We all have TMS, too much stuff. So my message really is, you ready? Let it go. Ooh, I love that. Let it go. 
Whatever it is, let it go. Let it go. Yes, you're going to get me into wanting to my shoes. I have so many shoes that I look at and I'm like, gosh, I haven't worn that in probably over two years. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think it's time to let it go. For our audience listening, what size feet do you wear? Eight, eight and a half. Eight, eight and a half. Okay. Now, you know, yes. anybody that's listening, give me a, a pair call. of shoes. Yes. <laughs> But David, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you on and sharing your journey, sharing some tips in decluttering. And yeah, I look forward to working with you in the future. My pleasure to be your guest. And I can't wait to hear the podcast, see some results and listen to the other podcast guests that you have. It's a fantastic service that you provide. And I'm so glad that uh, we were introduced and I look forward to our our next adventure. Keep me in mind. Thanks so much, David. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at nicolegconsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out themotherhoodvillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.